stuff down so that I know where you guys are standing. Um, how many years were you on the team and which years were those? I was on the team for five years. My first year was 20, competition of 2015, school year 2014-2015. Okay. My last year on the team was 2019. Okay, so 2019? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Okay. Or maybe 15 to 20, I don't remember exactly. Who defines competition? <laughs> okay. Um, so, um, what was your most proudest moment during your time on the team? The proudest moment? Yes. Uh, just a sec, there's a car driving by. Nope, you're good. Probably the year that we won the design paper when I was one of the presenters. Oh, really? Yeah. So that was 2017 or 2018. I don't remember which, but that was pretty cool. Yeah, I got the highest grade out of any team, so. That's awesome. Because I heard we got second from KISS the other day, but. Yeah, we got first the year I was a freshman. Second the next year, first the year after that, second the year after that, and I think like second or third the year after that. We're usually pretty good at it. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, so a big one. What kept you motivated to stay on the team? Uh, practical engineering. I never really knew anything about engines. I never really knew anything about snow stuff. I didn't but seeing like the stuff we were learning in class being applied to a snowmobile was always pretty interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just gave me a lot of experience that I wouldn't have otherwise. And after a while, all my friends were on the team too, so I had no reason to leave. Oh, cool. Yeah, so like kind of just all came into one sort of thing for you then. Yeah, I mean, I still talked to Kate and Topper and Kiss and all the other people that I graduated with. Yeah, for sure. So, um, did you happen to hold any leadership positions while you were on the team? Uh, leadership positions, no. I was nominated for captain every single year, but I never won. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, I created the class, so you oh. guys, like, classroom sessions, I made all of, I created that, I made all the presentations for it. I wasn't really a leadership position, but that's what I did, so... Yeah, it's still pretty cool. It's a, definitely a heavy role in it, um, now at least. Um, do you have any um, ideas on what the leadership can improve on in the future? Uh, creating goals that are tangible. So when you guys come to competition, the goal is always to make clean, quiet, fuel efficient. Right. But very seldom do we see teams come to competition that are actually saying, like, we want to decrease noise by... 3 dBA, when you want to increase fuel economy by one mile per gallon equivalent, and we want to uh, increase performance by decreasing weight, something like that. We never see that, even though that's exactly what you guys should be doing. You should start with a goal and then build projects around it. You shouldn't start with projects and then figure out what your goals are. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so trying to establish goals beforehand and then, like, building a plan to get to there then is what you're saying yeah because the biggest problem with the two stroke is going to be noise right yeah so you need to focus more on noise and understand that's your biggest shortcoming in competition right 
Okay, so yeah, identifying the then, base errors and going from there. Yeah, and then another recommendation I would have would be to start planning for projects in June rather than in August, September. Okay. That way people can hit the ground running and like research over the summer. And then rather than spending the first two months doing research, leaving you guys only like three months to put together snow and be able to write a paper and do all the testing, you guys leave yourself five months to do it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Easier said than done, but those would be my recommendations. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that would be um, probably the most efficient way of doing it. I'll talk to Porter, Kyle, and Garrett. I have a meeting with them on Friday, so... I'm trying to come up with ways that we can keep people motivated and, and like, increase retention. Do you have any ideas on how to re- increase retention? Increase retention. That is probably, like, one of the hardest problems I dealt with. Um, making sure that everybody has something to do whenever they ask is a big thing. Mm-hmm. And making them feel welcome to hang out with the team and, like, do things with the team would be my recommendation. I mean, we used to have you guys don't do this anymore. We used to have parties, like, I'm just, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I would just recommend making them feel like they're a family and friends, like, the whole time, rather than treating them as teammates. Like, make sure that they're your friends first. Okay. Yeah, so, like, setting up more social events and such and trying to make sure that they feel included. Okay. Um, how about five pieces of advice um, you would like to give to current team members or future new members? Did you say five pieces of advice? Yes. Uh, only make it as complicated as it needs to be. Don't come with a modified muffler and extended tube pipes every year to competition as your innovation. Spend more time on noise. Spend less time in the dyno. And focus on ways you can improve your shortcomings rather than ways to improve what you're already good at. Okay. So, like... We never need... You guys never need to focus on performance because you're a great performing two-stroke snowmobile. You're so much lighter. So that should never really be an emphasis. But every single year... The shortcoming of the team is in line of emissions and uh, noise. So focus on those because those are your problems. Yeah, okay. Okay, that makes sense to me. Um, what skills have you gained from being on the team that you use the most often in workforce, and how can those skills be elaborated in a team setting? Communication, probably. <laughs> Uh, being able to t- talk to a room of engineers in like various different ways is an invaluable skill. So if somebody questions you and you're able to answer their question in a different way to make them understand it, that's something that is hard to learn, I think, unless you get a lot of practice of that. For sure. And the best way I got practice of it was by working with freshmen and sophomores who don't have a lot of background on the snowmobile, teaching them the basics and then building up their engineering knowledge. Okay. Yeah, so... Yeah, kind of learning how to teach people things that they don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that that's not going to change when you leave college either. I mean, you're going to be working with a boss who has no idea what you're doing day to day. And then in that situation, 
you have to explain to them in a reasonable way what you're doing, why you're doing is important, and what value you're adding to the company. Yeah. Yeah, that's the hardest part is trying to make sure that you're, like, almost invaluable to the company. Or at least trying to prove that. Yeah. Um, those were kind of my big points, but do you have any, like, extra things that you think that leadership should try to go for this year? In general, no. I think overall, you guys are a good team. I think the biggest shortcoming this year that I saw, and I was one of the judges for you guys. Yeah, I know. I was, saw. <laughs> yeah. I was presenting, so, so I was freaking out. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so the biggest like shortcoming you guys had was lack of experience, right? Yeah. And that's something that's hard to instruct on. You can't say get more experience because that's not how it works. Um, focus on what the team is good at and read technical papers from the last like, 10 years. I mean, a lot of teams have been bringing the same stuff to the competition for almost 10, 15 years. There's not a ton of innovation anymore. Okay. So if you guys are ever stuck, somebody's probably learned it before, figured it out, and then put it into application. Right, yeah, okay. Like Helmholtz resonators. I'm sure, I don't know if you guys still use one, but we used them one when I was on the team. The first time a team went to competition with a Helmholtz resonator was 2003. Oh, geez. So, like, it's not a new technology. It's not innovative, but it is good. It's smart, and it works. Yeah. So. Do you think in presentations and stuff we need to include every single change that we've made to the snowmobile? Or do we want to try to just emphasize the innovations that we've made the past four years? I wouldn't even focus on innovations. I would focus on changes. Okay. So I would only I would only present on the stuff you changed from 2021 to 2022 and then say, like, oh, and we did all this other stuff in the past that's still on the snowmobile. If you want more information, we can provide that. Okay. Because we don't want the same presentation every year forever. Yeah, that's and, kind of what I was trying to figure out how to do this year because I was in charge of the presentation and the paper for the most part. And, um... Like, that's a lot of weight on a freshman. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> everybody else was designing the model, so I was in the, in the in the uh, mind works, crying because I was trying to get the paper done and the presentation done at the same time, to try to keep them consistent, and it it was a time. Um, <laughs> needless it to say, it sounds like you have Stockholm syndrome and not enjoyment at this point. <laughs> You're crying during the presentation prep, but well, I mean. It was, it was exhilarating because I can learn super, super quickly, like, if I'm given a day to do something, but it takes so much of a toll on my head and everything, like, it takes me a couple weeks to recover, (laughs) so, like, it was a good time and it was a good experience, I just really would rather not pull a 22-hour day again if I can help it, um, at least that's that stressful. So Yeah, in that situation, then, I would recommend starting on a paper in, like, October. Yeah. That's, like, get a structure yeah. laid out in October and then build the structure around it. Yeah. Well, we didn't really do that. We, we need- were we wanted the paper done in, like, four days, and I was in charge of most of it, so. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty unrealistic, sadly. It's okay. It, it was part of the gig. It was just a really rough year this year. Um, but, yeah, so... 
Um, I wanted to, because I was talking to Garrett and Porter a lot, and I was like, guys, we've been using the same presentation, the same paper format, the same, like, key items that we've been talking about since day one. Like, we need to be talking about the model, we need to be talking about the stuff that we did this year, even though we didn't really do a ton. Like, I don't know, because... I just didn't know how much of an emphasis they wanted to have on the past work that we've done, no matter how cool it is. Um, have they released the point totals yet? I don't think so. Oh, that's um, so shocking to me. Yeah. Um, just kind of for transparency's sake, I'm the one who did the point totals, so I can tell you about it. Okay. Uh, Idaho did not win, sadly. Yeah, I figured. Um, but you guys had the second most copy from year-over-year papers. I was able to compare 2020 to 2021's paper. Yeah. And you guys had 22% of the exact same content paper-to-paper. Yeah. There's only only one team with more than that. And that is a big, it's a big faux pas. And for next year's competition, I think we're going to have a rule in place that says if it's more than 10%, you get zero points on the paper. Yeah, okay. So we we zero percent want you guys to talk about the same thing, especially in the same way. Okay. It doesn't add value to grade it every single year. It doesn't add value to the team to write about it every single year. I would rather a six-page paper of new content than a fifteen-page paper of mostly recycled content. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry that I couldn't make it better, but I did the best I could. So. No, you're fine. (laughs) <laughs> no, yeah, no, I'm not trying to bash on you for saying it was a bad paper, because I don't think that would be fair. I mean, first of all, the paper should never be one person. It should never have to be done in four days. Yeah. And it should be done with someone who's done it before, at least as a guiding yeah, uh, well, guiding light. Yeah, I had Steve try to, like, guide me a little. Like, Steve was there um, every once in a while, Porter and... Uh, Garrett would pop in just to make sure that I'm alive and then like leave again and go model some more and I was just in there having like three hemorrhages at the same time and (laughs) trying to get it all done but um I I was really trying hard not to copy and paste um from last year's paper yeah it's just like I mean I go ahead in years in years that we competed we had cumulatively probably six authors for the paper for the years that we did well we did did six authors and we would have the outline completed january 1st we would have the paper completed by february 1st and then we would be adding data and refining from february 1st to february 15th okay and that i mean that's how you excel in an event right yeah like if you want to get all the points and you want to avoid repeating yourself you have to spend time thinking about it and has to be a team it can't be one person oh yeah for sure like I totally agree. It's just the thing with this year is that we were given our expectations so late that we had to, like, like, we were given GT Suite January, end of January, and... Yeah, even and that what, makes it almost impossible. Yeah, and we didn't even know what to write about in the paper for at that point. And even once we knew sort of what we were going to talk about, like, we couldn't even really bring ourselves out of a place to like be prepared enough to present about it and so it was just kind of a really difficult place to be in and I don't really want pity from the judges or anything because frankly everybody was kind of in the same position so like we don't get really an excuse to slack off or anything but 
Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm on the rules committees for next year's um, competition. So I'll make sure that to the best of my ability, I make things more clear. But that's always that was always our hardest part, too, for the competition. But like, how do we make things, how do we understand what the rules actually mean, especially when the rules don't change that much year over year? Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of problems that like and like I was on the rules committee for this last year too and we were given basically the initiative to try to make the rules in like two weeks yeah along with along with full time jobs and all that stuff yeah which is a pretty heavy weight too yeah but it it sucks more because like all of our impact like stuff that we maybe said in passing and included in the rules now twenty teams have to understand what we said. Yeah. And, and, like, different different teams interpret it in different ways and stuff like that. Oh, for so. sure. Like, the presentations for the models, we didn't really know what those meant until, like, we asked at until competition. I t- until I told you. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. And that's something that we're definitely going to be refining for next year. I mean, if we keep solid modeling as a part of the competition, not solid modeling, GT modeling yeah. as a part of the competition, like, we need to make sure it's clear to you guys what's expected and give everybody a fair shot at it. Yeah, because all of us were like, we don't know what's happening. Um, especially those of us that weren't given GT prior to, um, like, this year's competition. Um, now that we have a year to use it, use our subscription, though, like, we're probably going to try to use it a little bit. But it's definitely not going to be our personal team's focus. Because, like, a lot of our teammates just really don't feel like it's worth our time to focus on modeling when we're a physical team if that makes sense like so i would i would wholeheartedly disagree with that but i'm also not on the team so i don't get a say yeah uh i built i built i don't know if you guys ever found these gt models but i built gt models for our entire snowmobile uh probably like three years ago okay uh i don't know where they're at on the network because i haven't been on the shared drive in like (laughs) three years now yeah but, like, there's a lot of stuff in there that you guys could have literally just taken and used. Because I built one when I was there. And that's not necessarily the point, but it's a building block, right? Yeah, for And sure. I think the, the reason the modeling is valuable is because you can build one muffler and test it, but you can simulate a thousand mufflers and test all of them. Right. So you don't necessarily have to know what a good muffler looks like. You just have to be able to design it in GT. And you can test it a thousand times. You can do the same thing with a bunch of different things. For sure. Yeah, I think... So... Yeah, Yeah, I I just... It's kind of hard because a lot of us like to do hands-on stuff. And, like, as much as simulating's kind of cool, like, um, most of us are, like, we like to work with oil and grease and get our hands dirty um yeah we just, that's fine and we, that's definitely definitely something i didn't have when i was on the team i was much more of a computer guy than i was a get my hands dirty like i did that when i was a freshman and a sophomore and i was fine with it but it wasn't my my calling card mm-hmm. so trying to get those people on the team is very valuable because it just saves everybody a ton of time in the end right yeah and like we're trying like it, it was just really hard for all of us to like figure out the importance of modeling because um 
because we're all so hands-on it was just really difficult for us to like keep people motivated that wanted to work on the snowmobile itself um yeah so i mean in industry you're never going to be working on a car or working on a snowmobile yeah and if you are you're in you're in a very very small minority um most people spend their time at desks either working on mass production quality issues or on building hundreds of parts of shift that go into cars or if you're even on like vehicle testing a lot of it's calibration mm-hmm. which you're not actually touching anything you're manipulating anything on a computer right so there is a big dis- disconnect i think between what people expect automotive industry to look like and what it actually is for sure i i haven't touched an engine in three years right uh, probably two years at this point and i work at an automotive company where we sell engine components yeah so yeah that's kind of I'm not saying it's bad to be a hands on person I think it's a huge value and a huge asset because if you don't have any of those people you don't have a snowmobile exactly but you need to understand also like it's not all about wrenching on the snowmobile and putting on new injectors and seeing what they do differently it's Mm -hmm. more about like understanding the improvements and implementing them the right way the first time rather than the wrong way three times yeah no that makes sense i mean yeah it, it it's just yeah there's definitely a disconnect and i'd love for it for um you and um uh, uh alex to come in and sort of talk to the team about how um like how industry looks like compared to what we think industry looks like um, because, like, yesterday, Kiss was talking a lot about how, um, he wanted to come in and talk about, uh, 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 collaborate, or calibration stuff, and, um, Kyle and I are in charge of alum relations, so if you're interested in coming in and talking to us about, like, what stuff we should do, then you're welcome to help us out if you'd like but again that's only yeah, more than happy to. um because we're doing the best we can but we can only do so much <laughs> um yeah absolutely that's so. why i think setting goals makes the most sense right oh for sure yeah if you have goals you know what your point is yeah and um yeah, I think we need to definitely reset our goals and to focus more on sound because that's kind of our downfall with two-stroke stuff. Um, so I'll talk to Porter and Garrett about that on Friday for sure. And then um, uh, there's other stuff. <laughs> um, I have I have to talk to them a lot about a lot of things that you guys are saying that are, I think are really important to bring up in our meetings. Um, is there anything else that you think that like we should focus on besides sound and changing the paper and maybe not relying on freshmen for the first like or for the paper and everything (laughs) or Mm. no i think overall you guys are a good team habitually the problem is like understanding your shortcomings i think is always the trickiest part yeah when i was a freshman on the team everybody was like oh we're gonna do a lot of engine calibration we're gonna do great at competition this year well, we did a lot of engine calibration, and we didn't finish in that, so we got no benefit out of it. Mm-hmm. We didn't focus at all on sound because we didn't have time to because we were spending so much time calibrating that we lost in the sound event. 
and our snowmobile ran fine, so we did really well in the fuel economy event. So overall, we got like, I think, like fifth place, mm-hmm. which if we spent all of the time that we spent calibrating our engine, we still probably wouldn't have passed emissions. And from that, we would have done a heck of a lot better on sound. Yeah. And when sound is 300 to 400 points of the competition, you can't ignore it. Yeah. I th- yeah, I think that's kind of one of our big things is, yeah, our focus has definitely, like, shifted, and I think that's kind of hard for a lot of the older members, because they want to kind of stick with what they've been doing for so long, and they don't really feel I like... I think that's the, that's the plague of the snowmobile team. You guys have been doing, and I, I 100% fell victim to this when I was on the team. We kept doing the same thing year over year, expecting different results, yep. and that just means you're insane. Yeah. So, push for change. Dr. Dan is, like, one of my favorite teachers of all time. Absolutely love him. Yep. He's great. So, if you have any ideas, run it by him. If you wanted, like, any support from industry, more than happy to help. I okay. mean, I work, I don't know if you know this, I work at Ford Warner. Yep. But not a very, not a very big company from, like, a public perspective, but one of the biggest companies in the U.S. otherwise. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of stuff, a lot of testing, a lot of... We, we should be able to support you guys in a lot of ways. Probably not fiscally, because I don't have access to money. But if you guys need help from, like, an engineering support standpoint, like, ideas around testing, ideas around new implementations, more than happy to help in that front. Okay, that would be super helpful. So. Um, um, I'm going to uh, send these sound files and stuff to um, Kyle, and I'll show them to the leadership and have them give it a listen. I might even write it all down for everybody, because um, I think... That sounds like too much work. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think your input's pretty important, and so um, I'm going to record it and try to figure out how to give it access to everybody. But, um, yeah, so I really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for giving me the time of the day to talk to you. Yep, and if you ever want to have me like call into like a classroom session where you guys could just ask me questions on Zoom or something, I can do it on my personal laptop. I just can't do it on my work laptop. Okay. Just give me a couple of days heads up, and I'd be more than happy to sit down with a larger group of people and answer questions and stuff like that. So. Okay. That would be great. Thank you so much. Yep. All Have right. a great day. Yep. I'll see you later, Zach. Thank you again. Yep. Bye. Bye.